Jeff, how's it going, man? It's good, Rich. Um, things are obviously a little different these days, uh, not just in Lothar, but everywhere. Uh, you and I are usually sitting in a room together, but uh, I like the new format, and um, I'm happy to be back. Thanks for hopping on the virtual Nosara podcast. So uh, I guess first question is, how is this affecting your business? You're a businessman. You have a ton going on all the time. So how's this whole thing treating you? Well, I mean, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty simple. Most businesses are closed. And um, I would say, I would say um, it's pretty unexpected I mean, for even for those who maybe understood that we had a really good run of a 12 year kind of economic expansion and at some point there would be a recession or something you know um, posed for like to make for a challenging business environment i don't think anyone quite expected the kind of extreme nature of a of a pandemic uh but here we are and there's um you know and it's just life happens and this is something that everybody's dealing with not just here but like globally and just as quick as it came, you know, it, it'll go. And the key is, you know, what to do during and while. So, um, yeah. So what, what, that's my next question, actually. So what are you doing these days? How are you staying sane and what are you spending your time on? Yeah. I mean, um, if you had asked me about two months ago, like what was like the one thing that I wish I had, I wish I had a stop time button so I could just press the button and stop time and, basically catch up on all the list of to do's have more time with like my family. Um, there just was never enough time in the day for anything and for any business either. And it felt like most people in Nosara were kind of in that same category. Like my God, business is going I have no time and what people would have given to have a little extra time. Well, guess what? Now all you have is time. Uh, so, uh, I would say, you know, the first thing is a little bit of personal time and family time has been uh, nice. Um, but at the same time, there's still a huge list of to do's. I have work that still needs to get done that I just never had any time for it at the hotel. There's plenty of maintenance and upgrades and things that I had on a list to fix or change or, or just complete, you know, from, for almost going back almost two years. Um, and at the same time, it's good to keep people employed and it's good to keep people moving, you know, albeit at safe distances and with way higher levels of hygiene and kind of, um, so keeping tabs on like the real risk, you know, the, the virus. Um, I get you. I get you. Is Gilded closed and the restaurant closed? The hotel is closed. The restaurant is closed. And, um, you know, basically the surf club is closed. The beaches are closed. Um, what we do still have open is the bike shop. Uh, I could say that, you know, the bike shop, we are limiting how many people are allowed in the shop at any given time. We're doing basically home deliveries of rentals and, and bikes for sale. Um, but I guess without uh, a lot to do, except for maybe, you know, doing some at-home exercising, um, biking seems to be where, you know, the, the last thing, you know, the last, you know, the final frontier of, of keeping yourself sane and getting out of the house. And so tell us the name real quick. While, let's, while we're on the subject, tell people the name and any information about it. So Nosara MTB is the is the bike shop we have over here at the kind of the Gil of Iguana complex in North Guiones, and the shop is open and uh, you know fully stocked. And for anyone that you know maybe want to uh, get out and get some exercise and keep themselves mentally sane, uh, biking is definitely a really popular choice right now. Um, That's cool. Yeah, before this whole thing happened, we built about twelve kilometers of trails out in uh, in a, on a couple fincas, couple fincas 
in uh, Santa Marta. And I think at some point in the next couple of weeks, obviously pending, you know, like announcements from the health ministry and, um, you know, taking into consideration being safe with the virus, we want to we wanna do like some sort of, you know, soft open on some of the trails and invite the community out. Uh, right now, the Ministry of Salud says that uh, riding bikes in groups is not recommended and they recommend a maximum group size of two people. Um, okay. So off the bike, you know, like keep your space. But um, I mean, the other thing that's kind of crazy is there's nobody in Nosara right now. Well, I mean, there's people here, I think for last week with the restrictions we had, the particular restrictions for Semana Santa, everybody just kind of went in their houses and it was really quiet. Um, but it's interesting. Yeah. Besides, you know, my wish of having a stop time button, uh, there's a couple other Nosara wishes that I've had over the years. And one of those is to be able to kind of experience this place, maybe how some of, uh, you know, people were able to do in the 70s and 80s and maybe even the 90s. Now, you know, the beaches are closed, um, but in terms of nature and silence and no dust, um, you know, this is 2020 and this may be the last chance that some people have to enjoy Nosara as it might have actually been in the 70s and 80s. If you ever had a chance to take a walk or take a hike or just go sit on like a mountain somewhere and watch the sunset, um, you know, it's probably not all that different in terms of number of people here. And I don't know, you know, you know things will get moving at some point. You know, this will come and go. Um, but what's interesting is for the people that are here now, like take advantage, enjoy this place, go outside at night and listen to the sounds. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, there's things that you may notice right now that you've never noticed. And, um, you know, there, there are definitely a couple of silver linings. Um, there's nobody in Nosara and there's like deer in the street. There's animals everywhere. <laughs> yeah. We got our first rain, you know, two nights ago. Yep. So, um, you know, take advantage of it because at some point this place is full and busy and we're all working way too hard again. And, uh, you know, like we may look back at this time and say, wow, I really could have taken more advantage of it. So this okay. pandemic was your time machine, essentially. This is a time machine right now. Everybody has a time machine. Uh, take advantage of it. Mm. All right. So coming back to now, though, what, I'm interested uh, in, in some of your predictions and your outlook and kind of how you see this whole thing. Can, can you elaborate on that? Sure. I mean, I think it's tough for anybody. I think basically what we're looking at here was you have this pandemic, this new virus unknown and everybody is trying to process predictions and 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 computer models to figure out what's actually going to happen um, it didn't seem like any government really had any sort of plan in place for this and you know as dangerous as the virus is i think a lot of the initial estimations were um kind of worst case scenarios that led to pretty extreme government reactions only because they had no other choice right mm. uh, so you mean like so, the borders closing and all travel ceasing and whatnot? Well, I mean, look, it, again, it's hard to say, you know, like, I think, I think that maybe borders closing for a little while. I mean, look, Costa Rica's handled this, I think, extremely well. The country has very low new cases per day. Um, the curve here is extraordinarily flat. Um, you know, they also have, you know, like a guarantee of public health. Their public health care system here is a big part of, of what they offer to their citizens. And they did what they had to do to be safe. Um, but again, you know, you're looking at some of the initial estimates, let's say in the United States, of two to four million people dying from this. Um, that's probably pretty extreme. I think that in the end, you probably have somewhere around like 60 to 100,000 people dying. It's, it's, a, it's a tragedy. It's a lot of death. Uh, you know, there's three million people a year in the United States that normally 
you know, 3 million deaths and 3.9 million births. I think in the end, you know, there's is a bit of a blip if you're looking at this from a statistical standpoint. Um, but right now it's very real and it's having like very real effects. Uh, and the question is, is like, how long does it take to pass? How long do, does, does government policy go from this kind of rather safe but sorry policy towards, you know, finding where, um, you know, this intersection of, of, you know, balance? Because again, the United States, what is it, like 20,000 deaths so far. Um, you also have 17 million people unemployed in three weeks, which mm. you know, for every one employed person, that's probably about two and a half people, you know, that are, don't have rent or, or food. So at what point does, you know, there's going to, there's going to be some balance eventually. And hopefully, you know, governments have an easier job as this kind of uh, winds down as treatments are found as, as, as uh, you know, vaccines are, are created. But I think government's going to have to start shifting towards, you know, kind of the consequences of not having this plan and, and the, the execution of better safe than sorry. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I know that we're getting inquiries for people to be booking vacations for June and July, but we have a lot of people booking for next season as well. What's um, your What's your thoughts on that? Between all the cancellations and reschedules and postponements well, and whatnot. I mean, I can tell you what I know. Uh, it's It's hard. To, it's kind of hard to guess, but this is what I know. When they put the original uh, emergency measures in place in Costa Rica, it, it originally went till April 12th. But when you looked at the airlines, they didn't start rescheduling flights to start until early May with basically all airlines planning on being back in, 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 uh, in, in operation by May 15th. So May 15th. Well, this is, this is what was on the books on the schedule, right? Coming from the airlines and coming from like the tourism institutes, right? So this is, you know, this is the information that was given. Now, when they extended it to April 30th, they didn't change any of that information. So as of now, you can actually go online and see, you can book flights coming into Costa Rica in May. Now, is it likely that that will stay the same? Probably not. Um, so you're not predicting May 15th planes are flying per se, you're just indicating what the, what's on the books. Yeah, I think maybe sometime, you know, let's say June 1st, plus or minus 15 days, maybe airlines will be back up and running. But again, it's, it's a total guess, right? I'm just, I'm guessing. Um, we like guesses, though. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Well, the only the only thing you can do is wait. And and what do we have, right? So right now, and the way this whole thing is seemed to have worked is everything changes so fast. So you know, in conversations with staff and and associates and and uh, you know business relationships, you know, the best advice I can give here is, you know, every day right now is seems like a week, every week seems like a month, and every month seems like a year. So it's really hard to understand like how things will be in 30 days from now, just because they right. every single day. So for now, it's a, it's a hurry up and wait and use your time machine to kind of do the things that you need to do. Um, but yeah, I think it's a possibility that, you know, like think there is some level of, of, uh, of open borders and reactivation by June and July. Um, and I could be totally wrong, but it, it doesn't seem, it, it doesn't seem out of the question. Um, What's well, tough is a lot of businesses are getting to the point of the, uh, the business has rent to pay and then the landlord needs to collect the rents and then the employees of the businesses need to get paid. And some people are living, you know, week to week just by that paycheck and the government's done some measures. So I'm interested in hearing that side. Uh, I'm interested in hearing your opinion on what the cover, what the Costa Rican government's done and what businesses should be doing in general from your opinion. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, the Costa Rican government has a long list of kind of, of actions they've taken, and it's too long to kind of go over in this podcast. Um, but there's one or two things that I definitely want to mention. Uh, we'll get to that, you know, in a little bit. I, I would say, you know, speaking um, on behalf of business owners and two other business owners, um, this, is, this is something that has ne never really happened or, or been experienced. Uh, this is unlike any sort of um, recession that comes at the end of an economic cycle. Um, this is entirely basically a function of uh, human beings as biological entities putting themselves on pause, but all the systems in place that we operate in, you know, like those things weren't built to be on pause. And now people have to basically find ways to put those systems on pause. You know, in the business cycle, you typically are collecting money with your left hand and you're paying out with your right hand. Um, but right now that entire process has stopped. So, you know, you may look to your left and, and see people that you want to collect money from, you know, um, but they don't have it because there's no business going on right now. And save to the person to the right of you, they may look at you and expect you to pay them, but you have no business. So what does everybody do? Well, basically everybody either survives together or they, you know, or they, uh, or they, they, they die together. Uh, and you know, I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about economics here. Um, everybody should be having conversations with their uh, landlords, creditors, vendors, you name it. But the key here is for people to find some way to match what's going on with humans as like a, you know, biological existence, you know, in terms of the systems that we operate in and being able to um, renegotiate and put things on pause for the time being, you know, that could be the difference between survival. Um, and businesses need to survive, you know, like when things were booming here, I, you know, there was definitely some sentiment, I think at some points where businesses were, you know, kind of looked at as the bad guys and, oh my God, they make so much money and it's so easy. Um, but like, you know, there's business cycles and everything. This is not the first, you know, like recession slash depression. This is not the first economic blip and it won't be the, okay. it won't be the last one. Every, you know, there's economic, economic cycles through everything and people need to plan for the, for the bad times and they need to act appropriately during the good times. Uh, and I think, you know, the one big lesson learned here is for people who haven't really like that are business owners that haven't taken too much time to study economic cycles, and past recessions, this is a great chance to learn about it, you know, permanently and for the future and to understand that, you know, three or four months ago in most business meetings that I had, you know, we always talked about the, the kind of implied risk of a recession and, and how things would work and how you would look in a recession. Now, it's, it's hard to predict basically a recession where it goes to zero uh, in, in revenues, you know, borders closed and tourism being shut down. I think that's one of these, you know, these these super extreme events that no one really could have modeled for or predicted, but here we are. And uh, the key right now is cooperation and survival. Um, businesses are essential to uh, the economy. Uh, and right now every business needs to work with each other to figure out ways that people can survive and that they can reopen when, when tourism comes back. Um, if you, you know, if that's not, if that's not possible and if basically you're just looking at kind of the end of the road, people shouldn't feel bad about shutting businesses and understanding that like businesses survive and businesses fail. I mean, most successful business owners aren't successful without having a couple of failures at first. And if you're in a moment of failure, it's okay to accept that moment of failure, to take care of yourself personally, to try to find some help and support and understand that at some point you can go out and get a job. And if, once you get a job, you can save some money and you can go back and you can open a new business and continue to be an entrepreneur and a business person. Um, but you exist within these cycles and to kind of, you know, accept 
the reality and accept the fact that like there will be businesses that do not reopen from this and yours may be one of them. Uh, it's, you know, it's okay. You know, this is not your failure. This is just part of like the natural environment of, of the world that we live in. Uh, mm, it's interesting you say that because I moved, when I moved here, it was, we were deep in the last recession after the big crash. And, uh, and it took, it was, it was just tough. It was tough making it through it. And I've always still kind of blamed myself for being caught in a position where that crash could even touch me. And then here I've always wondered, is it going to be an earthquake or a tsunami or some sort of financial cataclysm? Just what, is it, what is it going to be? I've always wondered what it was going to be. And it turned out it was a pandemic. And I, I never guessed that one. I didn't see that one coming. Well, here it is. I mean, you know, look, for, uh, it'll pass. You know, that's the other thing is viruses come and go. Uh, this one will probably be around for a little while, but... Uh, you know, this is, this is temporary. And one thing I know is Nosara is a very, for as popular as it's become, it's very small. There's limited rooms, there's limited resources here. Um, it's not going to take much when you have places that have 400 room hotels and have like these giant, you know, like capacity for tourism. Um, it might take them years to recover. Whereas, you know, Nosara is a place that's you know, love to give people balance. You have people locked in, you know, shoebox apartments that are just thinking about the, the day that the borders are open to get out. And it's not going to take much to kind of get Nosara going again. And then people have to understand uh, that, you know, like do what you can now, but understand that like there is hope and, and things will reopen and, and things will go back to life as normal at some point in the future in terms of uh, the economy, you know, uh, economies always go in cycles and if anything this is the start of a new cycle and um, you know the start of new economic cycles are where let's say you know some of the most creative and influential businesses start uh, based out of like the change That's in that. Um, I would say you know one thing that happened at the end of this business cycle in Mosara is you know rising tide floats all boats and I think there are a lot of people that had businesses that were you know supporting themselves but it was mainly because of the fact that Nosara had such kind of um, popularity that it was easy to survive as an entrepreneur and a business owner, um, even with the level of competition that was in town. Mm. I think this gives an opportunity for certain businesses to look at consolidating and look at looking at people that maybe were competitors and say like, look, when things get going again, like probably it's in everyone's best interest if you know we consolidate here and we find ways that we can do things at lower overheads and still support more staff and still be able to do the amount of business that we did. Um, but it, you know, but kind of try to really focus on the core elements of like, of like business ownership and operation, which is what do I do that's best for the business that supports the staff? And I think uh, consolidation is okay. I think people understanding that like they may not have businesses to reopen, but maybe they want to join others. You know, this is all part of it. Um, be patient and be positive. Um, and just understand like there was a, a really extreme reaction based off of not having any real data, having estimates of you know, millions, if not tens of millions of deaths. And once people really have the real data and really understand this, um, you know, you know, humans are resilient. Um, science is powerful and people will figure this out. So just be patient and try not to make any rash decisions because the rash decisions you make now based on short term circumstances, can have really negative, like long-term effects if you're not careful. Um, mm. One of the things that I definitely recommend to owners, and we can get back to, is 
if the government basically made this announcement that you're legally allowed to pay people 25% um, of their salary and 25% of like the social expenses, including Kaha and, uh, and other things, what this does is this gives business owners an opportunity to still pay, pay people something, uh, still keep some level of income, you know, for food and, and, and staples, um, but to make it so that businesses didn't have to pay out liquidation. So when you fire someone here in Costa Rica, you have to pay out a pretty heavy, um, basically liquidation. Um, if someone's worked for you for a long time, it can be up to eight months of actual salary. And it's very expensive um, for the business. But the other thing is psychologically for an, an employee, when you fire you them, hope. you liquidate them, you know, they may not be able, they may not manage their money well. Um, and they also may lose hope about the future. They may lose hope about things going back to normal. They may lose hope about having a job in the future. And you don't know where that can drive people. You know, a huge part of the challenge of this situation is psychological, right? People are all caught in this kind of psychological deer in moments, uh, deer in headlight moment here. And for business owners to do whatever you can to not fire and liquidate everybody, it's more, you know, you save money by putting people on reduced salaries and giving them hope for the future, even if it's for six months, you know, a 25% salary or, or, um, or putting people on 25% salaries, what the government has done here is said, well, for businesses that can normally last maybe for three months, um, we've essentially now given you, um, you, know, you know, 12 months, right? Um, they're, they're, the government has allowed people to buy time and still pay people and, and, and give them hope for the future. And for any business owners that have employees, I'd say it's the best thing you can do right now. Keep on as many employees as possible at reduced wages. Um, you know, keep people moving, keep people, you know, stair-stepping forward to a reopen, uh, stay positive and give people hope for the future because Nosara is resilient, humans are resilient, and this is all going to come back. Um, people just have to understand that it's going to take time and that they, they really have to avoid making rash decisions right now. Um, yeah, it sounds like your, your overall theme is just don't freak out, don't make rash decisions, we'll get through it. Consolidate where you can, take a hit on the chin, but don't give up and keep going. No, I mean, listen, you know, there'll definitely be some things that change out of this, but in general, people wanting to enjoy themselves in a place like Nosara, I find it hard to believe that that, uh, that thesis has, has fundamentally changed. And based on, you know, inquiries and phone calls and you know, even the reactions when this first started happening, I don't know if you guys had a similar situation, but before they closed the borders, you did have a lot of people canceling reservations because they, were afraid to fly or they're afraid of the virus but what you also had was you had a mad rush of people trying to get here and rent houses yeah. for three to that's six true. months that's and true when the borders closed that all kind of went away but it was really unbelievable the level of activity of people who wanted to come here to spend their time here during this that it, that it, it more or less weren't able to do that because of the border closures and those people have all been sitting in their apartments everybody's cooped up um, you know, everybody's going through a level of psychological stress, uh, here that, you know, it's no, it's no secret that the number one thing that people usually get when they visit Nosara is, is balance. And a lot of that balance is from stress of their other life. You know, mm. um, I find it hard to believe that, you know, people coming here to balance their lives and experiencing what Nosara has to offer is going to fundamentally change. And yeah, maybe people be afraid to get on you know, airplanes for a while, and that's understandable. I mean, or people here are scared of those people coming here. They are like, for, sure. for sure. I mean, it's a it's a very valid fear. 
Uh, the only thing, you know, that will change that is time. Um, so or thing, vaccine. Yeah, yeah, or vaccines or treatments or, or just understanding real assumed risk. You know, this is the other thing. The world has kind of gone away from understanding that there's assumed risk in everything. The world has kind of de-risked or been nerfed, you know, especially in the United States and Canada. There's this idea that, like, there's some assumption that there's no risk left and that if something bad happens to you, it's someone else's fault. But the reality is, in real life and in this existence that we have here, there's risk in everything. Um, you know, one of the leading causes of death in, like, people under 50 years old in the United States is actually car accidents or work accidents. So you know, people still drive their cars with an assumption of risk, even though, you know, whatever it is, a half million people a year have deaths from car accidents. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't force people to work at home. You know, at some point, people will understand that this is a risk and there are ways to mitigate the risk. Uh, but just like everything else, there's assumed risk in everything that you do in life and how you measure that assumed risk versus the rest of what you have going on. You know, this is the subconscious kind of decision-making process that people may not even realize that they, they make, but you know, we do it every day. And right now what we have is we have this virus right in front of us, staring us all, staring all of us. You know, this is the other thing. Um, everybody, every single one of us, you know, we're, we're biological beings with, you know, flesh and tissue. And, and here's the one thing that I think maybe people also forget, you know, there's nothing certain in life except for death and taxes, right? Like we're all going to die at some point. Like we won't live forever. And, you know, this is part of life, um, you know, facing our own mortality and trying to balance the risk of our mortality versus living our lives. It's, it's something we do on a daily basis with a lot of other stuff. It's just that uh, this virus is so extreme and unknown that this kind of understanding like balance between risk and living life is something that kind of has really been put on the back burner. And it's just a matter of time before I think that comes back into a little bit more of a, of a, of a balanced perspective, which is, you know, what are the risks, um, you know, versus, you know, how are people actually going to be alive? I mean, uh, you know, the death count in the United States, I think is somewhere around 20,000 right now. Uh, you have 17 million unemployed in three weeks. Um, you can't substitute deaths for employment and you can't substitute, you know, you can't prioritize economy over saving people's lives. Um, but at some point there is an intersection um, and there is some balance between saying, well, what happens if there's 50 million people that uh, without jobs, you know, each one of those people is paying for a roof over someone else's head and probably food in the mouth of a couple of children. You have, you have kids out of school, um, you know, everyone's lives are on pause right now. And at some point they're going to have to measure, you know, you know, people are going to have to take a really good hard look at kind of measuring, um, you know, the damage and the risk, you know, when they finally understand like what this virus is, how it spreads, you know, what the real mortality rate is, um, and find a way to get kind of balanced back into life. And God knows how long that'll take, but uh, it will happen at some point in the future. And for right now, I would say, we probably hit, you know, I'd say maximum panic about three weeks ago. Probably hit maximum fear maybe about two weeks ago. I think right now, um, you know, most people are kind of in acceptance and they're just holding things down and, you know, they're, we're, everybody's in an acceptance phase and a let's just wait this out phase. But at some point, people are going to get to a, okay, you know, we need to look forward phase. And I don't know if that's next week or next month or, or next year. Um, but, you know, that's kind of where I am at right now, which is um, enjoying this time to do the things that I feel like I never had time for. 
um, trying to support the people around me um, and trying to plan for the future. Um, and it's tough to plan for the future with how many unknowns there are right now. But um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a good exercise for mental health for people to try to plan their future as much as possible. Um, and understand again, like this, this, this has come quickly and, and it'll go quickly. Maybe not as quickly as it came, but at some point, you know, this is gone. Uh, I, ho I hope you're right about it goes quickly. I don't know if I agree with that. I, don't, uh, I just don't know. Yeah, quickly, I say quickly as a relative term. This isn't gone tomorrow. Mm. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, um, it's really an extreme. It really is an extreme. 30 days ago, I think most businesses in this area like just couldn't handle the amount of, of clients and demand that they had. And now everything's close. Uh, that's about as extreme a swing as things could possibly get. Um, so for everyone that has... For anyone that has some psychological distress and is confused or, you know, understand you're not alone. It's everybody. And it's not just here. It's everywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's definitely some silver linings for this. Like I kind of mentioned before, I think a lot of, let's say, businesses and investment around here had a bit of, uh, you know, there was a bit of like uh, some bad, you know, and some, some connotations to successful business and now and now everybody's looking to business to try to help pay to you know to feed people and looking to the future so i think a higher level of like business appreciation and entrepreneurship and um you know and the 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 real uh, no sorry you know, community understanding that in you know when times are good you know it's good for everyone when times are bad you know like there are people stepping up and giving support and these are the businesses you know businesses are the one that kind of make the economy move around and I know there's a lot of people that are trying to raise donations and it's difficult to raise donations right now. And this is the other thing I don't think people here realize in the past or these other moments when something bad happened here, I think raising money or doing fundraisers, you know, from places where things were normal, it was a, it was a pretty um, low hanging fruit and like a very rational thing to do. You know, unfortunately right now when people are trying to, you know, do fundraisers and make donations, what they have to understand is, this is happening to everybody everywhere. This is a global situation. Uh, you know, this is an 8 billion person, uh, you know, like global experience. And no matter where anyone else is right now, they're pretty bad off as well. Like everybody is struggling everywhere. So this, this kind of opportunity that we've had in the past for fundraisers and donations, I think unfortunately for the time being, you know, that's not a, that's not a crutch we're going to be able to rely on and what we're really going to need to be able you know, we're really going to need to focus on is um, who's here and who's supporting the community. Um, and I hope people do. Uh, I hope people, especially get to the food bank because if people are fed, they'll panic less. And, and I really believe this. And I remember during the last really downtime crime, heavy crime spiked yeah. um, when, when people lost a ton of construction jobs and that went away. Crime got worse. So Nasara always seems to bond whenever we have a, a flood or a fire or a whatever earthquake. Uh, and I hope that people come together for that now and keep people fed, like just, just keep food flowing and keep, keep people calm and keep people hopeful. That's, yeah. that's my, that's and my fed. And fed and supported. There's one really positive thing that I think is going to come out of this. It's been something in the works, I guess for a while. Um, I was approached about, um, uh, joining and, uh, and participating to form the Nosara Chamber of Commerce. And I'm uh, really happy to announce that the, uh, that the Nosara Cham Chamber of Commerce uh, is formed and the inscription is imminent. It's been a- what, What's the purpose of this Chamber of Commerce? Please explain. 
Masara Chamber of Commerce uh, uh, is basically like a government recognized institution whose existence is solely to support and help uh, business in Masara. It's something that's never existed here. It's something that businesses have never had a chance to have like a cohesive organization that they can participate in that then has a voice uh, within the community, a presence within the community and a presence within uh, government that both like a local and a, a national level. So having an organization that's sole goal is to organize and support and be a voice for business. Um, it's as important as it, as it ever was here because businesses provide employment, uh, people having employment provides them their own means to survive and to thrive. And for all the organizations that we've ever had, there's never been one that really has the best interests of business in mind. Uh, it's been a small part to some other organizations. And I think what we have now is we have a real opportunity for anyone with business or investment here to participate in an organized way so that businesses here are not, you know, the, you know, they have a voice, they have a support network and they have a chance to really participate, um, you know, at a higher level, um, through an official organization. So, um, I think there'll be some news coming out again. This is not something that I organized and I set up. I agree to be part of it. I'm excited for it to, to start. And is it agenda based in any way? Like, do you have to believe on, I'm on this side of this issue to be a part of it, or is it open for everybody? There is no agenda whatsoever. It's for anyone that has a business, anyone that's an entrepreneur. It's for Ticos, it's for foreigners. Um, it's basically for anyone that has business. And there is no agenda and there is no politics to this. This is purely a function of uh, businesses need support. Businesses provide employment, employment provides food, shelter, and livelihoods. And I think it's pretty obvious that in Osara, there's essentially, um, there's probably more of an organized anti-business sentiment for, let's say, people that want to see this place as a solely residential or retirement community. And, you know, what it means is like the people that really actually support the locals and the people that are, that are paying uh, salaries, you know, they've had a headwind for a long time. And to see um, businesses, you know, like, you know, that really... Um, contribute so much to this community and so much to the locals and so much to the economy, essentially be in a constant headwind and a constant battle against um, maybe people that just don't want to see business in this town. Um, you know, it's all well and good for people to, to have their opinions and to feel how they want. Um, but what's been missing is any sort of cohesive organization that's, that's basically solely dedicated towards businesses in this community. And I'm really happy to know that uh, this is, um, this is formed and I'm pretty sure there'll be some invites and some information sent out um, at some point in the next couple weeks and what better time is there to organize uh, a chamber of commerce for Nosara than right now um, you know businesses are the ones that are st still here they're the ones that are going to try to reopen businesses will be the ones that lead uh, Nosara when this new economic cycle uh, starts and hopefully, you know, tourism and the economy will get back to a point, but it's businesses and business leaders that are going to get it there. And this is a great chance for everybody to organize, to consolidate, to help each other, to cooperate, to find uh, cooperative ways of competing when things get, you know, get moving again, mm -hmm. to organize, to support their employees and the people that need it most and most vulnerable right now. Yeah, uh, maybe the timing is perfect for that. I just thought as I'm listening to you explain this, maybe... Maybe the timing's perfect for that, and some of the consolidatory, yeah, and some so, of the consolidation type moments that you discussed earlier. It's exciting, and again, I think um, 
I think when everything turns off and people have time, this is the kind of stuff that comes out of it, right? I mean, um, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, who knows? There could be a lot of positive that comes out of this in somehow, some way. I'm not sure what it is. I'll just, yeah, but I hope it happens. Yeah, I mean, look, I know it's tough for everybody. And, um, you know, this, this will come to an end. Um, everybody needs to stay positive and focused and use your time wisely. If you need help, ask for help. Um, you know, don't be afraid to start over. Understand that there's, you know, this is not the, you know, the last business cycle that people will experience in their lives. Um, and try to really focus on making long-term decisions on your short-term circumstances. Again, you know, don't make bad decisions based on short-term circumstances that will really hurt in the long run. Um, you know, find a way to survive and find a way to get through. Um, do your best to, to give your employees and anyone around you hope for the future. Um, you know, Nosara is a community that depends on itself and on each other. And sometimes we go, you know, when there was floods or these problems, we had a lot of outside support, but everybody everywhere is suffering. So the only support we really have right now is our internal support. So whoever's here, we're here, support each other, take care of each other, um, and understand this will all pass. And uh, just looking forward to, um, you know, I'm looking forward to hopefully the next time we chat, you know, to, to kind of measure the, the differences. Because as of right now, um, you know, looking back 30 days ago, um, this is about the most extreme change in, let's say, um, business and economy that's probably ever happened in industrialized civilization. You know, this is it's, it's, it's been strange, and I appreciate you coming on here to talk about it. Um, thank you for coming on, sharing your opinions um, and ideas and a lot of hope. Uh, it's interesting to hear your – it's just always interesting to talk to you, but it was interesting to talk with you about this. But in the meantime, do you have any message – our thoughts you'd like to share with the populace while we have this platform? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I said a lot on the you know, prior part of the, this podcast here, but I mean, I'd say the best thing is take advantage of the time that you have, take advantage of this time machine, uh, stay positive, stay hopeful for the future, stay safe, uh, stay healthy, and uh, understand that like this all will pass. And, um, you know, this you know, Nosara will be, you know, back to normal at some point. And um, for whoever's here right now, enjoy it. And because just as quick as this came, you know, it may not be the same three months or six months or 12 months from now. And you may want another time machine to go back in time to right now. Uh, so take advantage of it and everybody stay safe and, uh, and positive and uh, take care of yourself. And, and get a bike. That was one of your big suggestions, get a bike. Yeah, I mean, that's a bit of a shameless self-promotion, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the bikes are a great way to stay mentally stable. Uh, besides focusing on your actual like physical health, people really need to focus on their mental health uh, right now and exercise and some time out uh, riding a bike as, uh, you know, it, it works wonders for mental health. So stay, uh, stay healthy and stay uh, mentally strong. I appreciate you coming on the podcast as always. Thank you very much. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what the next couple of weeks and the next month or so brings. Cool, Rich. Well, it's good to, uh, it's good to see you from a distance here. And, uh, you know, look at this, you know, like prior podcasts, we're sitting right next to each other. Maybe this is the new podcast here. I kind of, I kind of like it. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. I, I, I miss the studio, but at the same time, this is effective. And, uh, and let's just keep rolling. So hopefully 
during this down period, while people don't have that much to do, it lets them li listen to things like this and hear insight and ideas from leaders yes. in the community. And uh, for sure, at some point, hope it's making a difference. At some point, you and I will do a real estate podcast. No, I keep saying that. This is probably like my fourth or fifth podcast here, but uh, I don't know. Maybe ten is a lucky number. I so, stay away from real estate for for many reasons, but it, it is time you're, I need you're, to do it. You do real estate podcasts one way or another, so. Yeah, we do need to do one. That is true. It is an important part of the community, and you've been calling me out on that. So I'll step up. We'll deal with some more coronavirus stuff and then uh, real estate later. Cool, man. Oh, it's been good chatting with you, Rich. Uh, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon, okay? Thanks for coming on. Peace out.